Welcome to the Upgrade You podcast. I'm your professor, Cindy McGee, a child of God, wife, mom, and CPA, in that order, here to share lessons learned on my journey from side hustle pro to seven-figure CEO. I'm on a mission to help more women entrepreneurs propel their business into a millionaire success story. If you're chasing millionaire dreams, let's go. One thing I've learned in the 20 years of my entrepreneurial journey is that there are really two key emotions that you'll feel whenever you're starting something new. First, there's that initial excitement, the, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. I cannot wait. It's new. It's fresh. I've never seen it before, and I just can't wait to see how it all works out. Then there's a second emotion that is typically an all-out panic with some of the same thoughts. Oh my gosh, this is brand new. I've never seen this before. Am I ready? Am I equipped? What if something goes wrong? Both of those are normal emotions that will occur whenever you're starting something brand new. But it's how you respond to each of those sets of emotions that determines whether or not you're going to level up in your business. You see, at some point when starting something new, you're going to have to make the decision. The decision as to whether or not you're going to choose to push forward and make progress or revert back or regress. I remember when my husband and I first got married and we were trying to determine where we were going to live. We had ultimately decided that the adult thing to do would be to buy a home. And so at 25 years old, I decided I was going to get my ducks in a row and be prepared to purchase our first home. At the time, he was a first-year medical student living in a 450-square-foot apartment that we knew would never work for the both of us. Not to mention the fact that the apartment was on the fifth floor, there was no service elevator, no washer and dryer facilities, And I literally couldn't even fit my furniture into the place, Um, let alone my clothing. The closet was not fit for two people. It was definitely a bachelor's pad. Now it was convenient for him. It was just a block away from campus. So he was able to really park his car for the week and just walk back and forth to med school classes. So it worked perfectly for him as a single person. But after we got married, it quickly became evident that it simply was not perfect for a married couple. So we decided again, let's purchase our first home. At the time, I was working for a global CPA firm. And as I mentioned, he was in medical school. So searching for a house did not fit into our schedules. Medical school was all day and studying for medical school was really all night. And working at a CPA firm was all day and all night as well. So it wasn't going to be convenient for us to make the leap from this small apartment to our first home. Plus, at that time, everything was pretty much maintained on paper. So the bank needed data from us in order to pre-qualify us for a home loan that wasn't easily accessible. Everything was on paper and it was packed away in boxes. See, originally I was living in Memphis and he was in Nashville in medical school. 
And so I packed up all of my belongings to move to Nashville. And most of his things had to be packed up as well because we had to make space for my things. We didn't think at the time things like old tax returns would be relevant. So those were packed away in boxes and not easy to obtain to turn over to the bank. At one point in this process, between the hectic schedule of his school and studying and my work and the difficulty with getting documents for the bank, we just stopped and said, well, wait, maybe we should just stay here for a year and try to figure this out later. I mean, we were already in the throes of wedding planning and the wedding was only a few weeks away at this point. And it all just seems like way too much. And we thought maybe it was a bad idea for us to expand from this small apartment into our own home. Now, full stop, clearly that was not the right answer. It was the answer that was easier. It would take a whole lot less time and a lot less effort. It was the option that was cheaper. No down payment was required to stay where we were. It was even the option that was kind of safer. It let us stay in our comfort zone. It didn't require us to stretch. And quite frankly, that's the place where I meet so many small business owners. If it's a side hustle pro who's considering the leap to full time and leaving their day job behind, They say it's easier and cheaper and safer to just do it on the side on nights and weekends without taking the risk to do it full time. Sometimes it's where I meet solopreneurs who are considering their first hire. It's easier and cheaper and safer to just do it all themselves as opposed to entrusting someone else to help them build their empire. It's also where I meet those who are self-employed in a situation where everyone reports to them and they're in a situation where they should empower new leaders and create a middle management team. But instead, it's easier and cheaper and safer to maintain the status quo. It's in these moments where we have to push past what we may deem as the easier or cheaper or safer method and step forward into progress. Even in our moments of panic, we must come to the place where we choose progression over reversion. Now the dictionary defines reversion as the act of reverting, of returning to a former practice, belief, or condition. Synonyms for reversion include doubt, fear, caution, playing it safe, waiting my turn, blooming where I'm planted, waiting on God. See, we block our blessings due to our own willingness to revert back to what we know, what we define as easier or cheaper or safer. You see, it's been said so many times and it's never been more true than when starting something new in your business, that good is the enemy of great. When we choose to revert back to what we know, to what's most comfortable, to use the excuse of blooming where we're planted, what we're really doing is reverting back instead of progressing forward. We cannot make the decision to revert back to old habits 
and progress. It's an either or decision. We can either revert or we can progress. That's the decision that will take you from this level to your next level. If we go back to the story of my husband and I purchasing our first home, we ultimately found a small home about 15 minutes from his campus and closed on it about six weeks after our wedding. The process really wasn't that difficult. And the timeline, again, only six weeks after we got married. The owners of the home we purchased were an older couple who chose our offer over another offer that was actually better financially because they said we reminded them of themselves when they were first starting out. In our offer, we asked for closing costs to be paid for by the seller because at the time, our finances didn't allow us to make the down payment and cover the closing costs. The offer that was presented by another buyer didn't have that same request, making ours not the choice that you would have expected the sellers to accept. Instead, our realtor reached out to the seller's realtor and kind of explained our story and told them a little bit about us. And thankfully, that realtor shared it with the seller. And it worked in compelling the sellers to choose to take our offer, even though it wouldn't net them the best financial return in comparison to the other offer on the table. And again, they made that choice because we reminded them of their own story when they were purchasing their first home. You see, we basically got a home at a better deal than we quote unquote deserved because we chose progression. Had we reverted back to staying in the teeny tiny apartment that we knew would not fit even all of our stuff, we wouldn't have received the blessing that the sellers wanted to bestow upon us. When I look back on that story, it's just one example of so many examples in my life where when I chose progression over reversion, it's when God stepped in and blessed my situation and allowed that decision to grow into something great. It wasn't because I felt completely ready. It wasn't because I had all my ducks in a row and was well prepared to do everything that was necessary. But it's because I made the decision not to settle for what I'd always had or what I'd always done. But instead, I made the decision to progress, to push past the panic that comes with starting something new and make the conscious decision to choose progression over reversion. So that's what we need to do. The big question then becomes how? How do we make that decision? I'm glad you asked. There's a formula that you can use to ensure you make the decision of progression over reversion. It's the formula for change. And here it is. It's dissatisfaction plus first steps are greater than resistance. Here's how that works. It's somewhat of an awareness exercise. Because the first thing you'll want to do to complete your formula for change is identify the area of your business in which you experience dissatisfaction. From there, you'll need to identify 
What is it that presents resistance to you resolving that area of dissatisfaction? And from there, you'll identify what are the first steps that can be taken to overcome that resistance and resolve for the dissatisfaction. Here's an example. An area of dissatisfaction that I used to have was in managing my email. My email inbox was constantly overflowing. Things would get lost, messages went unresponded to, opportunities were missed out on simply because I couldn't manage the overwhelming number of emails that hit my inbox on a daily basis. I was dissatisfied with how my email was being handled by me personally, but resistant to letting anyone help because I thought, well, the emails are addressed to me and only I know best how to handle them. That was a mistaken perspective, but it was still the resistance that I had. So I reverted to just, let me just try to handle it. And if I have to add a few extra hours into my day just to catch up on email, then that's what I'll do. I'll revert to the old method of working longer hours, working harder instead of smarter. Finally, I realized I need to identify what are my first steps? Like, how can I start to get a handle of this? And I started to notice patterns in my emails, certain things that didn't really need my involvement. And I took notes on those types of emails, things that I was CC'd on that didn't require my attention that could be triaged into a folder for later review. Emails that were requesting a calendar appointment or requesting a document be sent over that I didn't necessarily have to send. By creating some notes on those types of emails, I was ultimately able to empower a virtual assistant to take care of over half my emails on a daily basis at the start. Now they're empowered to take care of nearly all of my emails. But my first steps were to at least identify the emails that didn't require my direct attention. That's how I overcame the resistance to thinking, well, only I can handle these things. The fact was there were plenty that didn't require me to handle them. That was my formula for change, identifying the dissatisfaction, calling out my resistance, and at least identifying the first steps that could help me overcome that resistance. From there, it snowballed into me turning over my inbox to my assistant full-time and only having emails segregated out that I directly need to respond to. That formula helped me make the decision not to revert back to working more hours, but to progress into working smarter and empowering the right people to help me along the way. Hopefully you'll complete this week's assignment and find a new way for you to grow in your business by making the decision of progression over reversion. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to the Upgrade You podcast. If you've enjoyed this, please leave us a review. Hungry for more? Check us out online at theupgradeu.com or at theupgrade.u on all social media platforms.